but you know the people doing entrepreneurship, doing startup, not everybody just seeking the same goal. So like say, hey, build a giant company or build a, you know a 10 billion users kind of product. Focus on instant value you define. For example, like say, hey, I think I build this product can help some specific group of people, help make them life easier. Or I want to build this because I think I just love it. I mean, th- these are all like valid values. I mean, you define, but you got to enjoy the process. Like you got to recognize the value you eventually deliver. If you believe that, then do it. My name is Sean Cao. I'm the founder and the CEO of Columns. This is Code Story, a podcast bringing you interviews with tech visionaries. Spent six months moonlighting. There's nothing on the backhand. Who share what it takes to change an industry. I don't exactly know what to do next. Took many goes to get right. Who built the teams that have their back. Our company is its people. The teams help each other achieve. Most proud of our team. Keeping scalability top of mind. All that infrastructure was a Yes, pain. we've been fighting it as we grow. Total waste of time. The stories you don't read in the headlines. It's not an easy thing to achieve, Mike. Took it off the shelf and dusted it off and tried it again. To ride the ups and downs of the startup life. You need to really it's want it. not just about technology. All this and more on Code Story. I'm your host, Noah Labhart, and today how Sean Cow created the Canva for data, so you can get from data to story in five minutes. This episode is supported by Terso. Terso is the open-sourced edge database from the creators of LibSQL. Do you put your edge computing close to your users? You should put your data there, too. Terso makes this easy, utilizing the developer experience of SQLite. Access a free starter plan at terso.tech slash codestory. Terso, welcome to the Data Edge. This episode is brought to you by our friends at MemberStack. MemberStack is the fastest way for you to launch a beautiful Webflow MVP with robust authentication and smooth payments integration. Join companies like Slack and American Airlines in serving millions of members every single day. Get started for free by visiting memberstack.com slash codestory. Sean Cow lives in Kirkland, just outside of Seattle. He immigrated to the U.S. and is married with four kids. He loves to hike and play soccer with his children, and even though Seattle can be rainy and cloudy for half the year, he admits that the summers are fantastic for being outside. He also admits he stops by Starbucks occasionally, but couldn't confirm if it tastes better at the home store in Seattle. Sean noticed through his time at larger companies like Pinterest and Microsoft that the path to get data insights and analytics leans heavily on engineering, and it takes a long time. He thought there must be a way to make an easy, quick tool to enable people outside of engineering to do this themselves. So he built the Canva for data. This is the creation story of Columns. You know, Columns is a data storytelling platform. So data storytelling basically including a few different steps, how to help people to turn in from raw data to insights. And the storytelling part is more about like, you know, how to make you insights ready to presentation, right? So you want to present in your data in an insightful, beautiful way to your audience. So what Columns does is Columns is trying to streamline the whole process for you so you can get the most of it from your data. That's what Columns does. You know, in my last, uh, I would say, 18 years career, 
I've been working for big companies like Microsoft, Facebook, and Pinterest. Uh, during the time I, I was being with those companies, I have built in a lot of data products, big data, database, data warehouse, data processing. Almost everything is related to data. So there's no doubt I start something that is related to data. One of the things I uh, you know, observed when people using the data, you know, get some conclusion or metrics or whatever you want to get from it. I mean, it needs a long, long process. People need pipelines, need, you know, hiding, you know, BI people. They rely on the technical people to do those type of things. So think about them, you know, a lot of like people, managers, directors, presidents, they want to consume data in, in very, very often to understand the, how the business goes. But think about if they can just do this everything by himself with little help or, you know, no help from technical people, that would be very, very amazing. Today, you know what? There's a lot of mature tools such as Snowflake, Convenient Data Warehouse, like DBT and data monitoring. What about if we push all the monitoring into the stack itself, but the the managers, what they want to do, or product manager, right? Product managers, people managers, whatever, they want the insights. They just get a, one data connection. The connection could be a SQL query, could be data fires, could be a service, whatever, defined by somebody. And they put the category catalogs there and the managers just like connect. And right away, they can get everything interesting to the manager, such as like, you know, we can use the AI to discover interesting insights from your data generate presentation ready slides let's say and based on that you can you know easily to also leverage the design tools automation tools and you know the ai tools to how to beautify your design and make it ready for you to present your story so this is the the whole thinking when i started i really believed in today's like you know the the world the technology technology world because many many businesses it's not just like big companies they you know who has the the power to build a lot of technologies but also those type of people they have data they want to turn the data into presentation into uh, into a story so this is the problems i was thinking given my my technical background i i just studied Tell me about the MVP. Let's dive into the MVP. How long did it take you to build that first version of the product? How long did it take you to build? And what sort of tools did you use to bring it to life? So I started a, an open source project. It's called Nebular. It's trying to connect any type of data source, small data like spreadsheets, data files, CSV files, or, you know, HTTP service, big data like, you know, database connections, Snowflake connections, and they can turn them into an in-memory distributed analytics engine. Usually people call it OLAP, right, analytics. And I deployed this in Google Cloud as a computing cluster. And on top of that, we were thinking about what the experiences look like. We need to build in the UI, build in the API stack. So in that case, I mean, we chose uh, Node.js plus React. We're using React to build the UI. We're using Node.js as the API server. And then we dedicated all the computing to the open source project I mentioned, Nebular, to do all the computing uh, for the super fast computing because everything is distributed in memory when the user's session is on or when the you know scheduled job is on. So then let's stay on the MVP for a minute, Sean. Tell me about some of the decisions and trade-offs you had to make when building that MVP. You're kind of alluding to some of the high level, but maybe dive into one or two that were really important to make when building that first product. And I'm curious about how you coped with those decisions. 
very very early when we building the prototype everything needs to be everything needs to be decided like you know like uh, what are the experiences look like what are the minimum like workflow for users like you know to operate and what is the basic like connectors we want to make it available right these are all like very very concrete questions to answer these questions, I mean, we did some of the investigation. It's mostly just trying to understand the target. Who are the target audience? As we first launch, or we, you know, get some beta testers, like who they are. And also another factor is what we want to be start with simple. We don't want to be over over complicated things. Uh, so with all these type of like you know thinkings in mind, I think we are chose to work on. Google Spreadsheets as the main data source as, you know, at the beginning. Uh, the reason we chose that is because it's live connections and the people will feel, oh, the tool is really in sync with my data. When I make changes on my data, so I don't make, I don't need to make any, don't need to make any, you know, changes and it, the story I made can be automatically updated. So that's something we want. So we chose Google Spreadsheets as live connections as the first step. And also Google Spreadsheets usually means it won't have like massive data. It won't be have like gigabytes of data, you know, for you, for you to process or target audiences. It's not a big company, even though my I coming from big companies, but we really want to use the technology to help more and more like, you know, small business, SMB kind of like, you know, market. Even though it's not comprehensive, I mean, we we don't know if we think it's right, but just like talking to a few different people and just trying to figure out, make a very, very quick decision. This is the minimum like data connections we will, we're going to support. And then like, for the user flow, like what is the basic user flow? We want users to be automatically connect and automatically identify the schema of the data and do some transformations. And all database is all time series based. We are very good at time series data, by the way. So uh, we want to, you know, make sure the data we connect it can be very quickly to be identified like in you know, the schema of it. So those are some some minimum like requirements we, we started to define. For storytelling part, we, we really don't want to just like start chart builders. We we really want to say, hey, anything presented, anything generated is going to be showing on the converse. And the converse should be just like Figma or you can call it a convert. Uh, is is free editing. It's free editing, and we want the users to have like a hundred percent flexibility. Say, hey, this is the final presentation. So I want to change it. I want to edit whatever I want. This episode is encrypted by Cypherstash. Data breaches are becoming a fact of life. Know why? One of the reasons is because developers lack the right tooling to get the job done. I.e., encryption at rest tools are complex and inadequate. The solution: encryption in use with Cypherstash. Cypherstash uses searchable encryption and use technology, providing continuous and universal protection for sensitive data. With Cypherstash, you can turn your existing database into a vault, utilizing zero trust key management, SQL native, and with no code. Though encryption is complicated, Cypherstash is easy to use. The tool fully supports SQL via a drop-in driver replacement, supporting the query types you know and love today. And did we mention it's fast? For queries over 100 million records, you can expect additional overhead of less than one millisecond. It's a no-brainer. Get started by reviewing their docs or downloading sample projects in Rails or Node plus SQLize today. Visit cypherstash.com slash codestory and get started protecting your data. This episode is supported by Treble. This day and age, APIs are a fact of life. 
And as such, product and engineering teams need tooling that is lightweight, real-time, and data-rich to help them ship and maintain APIs faster. That's where Treble comes in. Treble is an all-in-one platform for the entire API lifecycle. The product offers world-class monitoring and observability, providing more than 40 data points for each request, enabling you to understand everything from performance to user behavior. Dashboards help connecting your entire team for lifecycle collaboration. Documentation is automatically generated, saving massive amounts of time for your development team with every new release. And setting up Treble, super easy and fast. In three simple steps, you can be up and running with their platform. Their pricing is designed to support API teams of all sizes. So get started with Treble today and automate your API ops. Did I mention they have a free forever plan? Find out more by visiting treble.com slash codestory. That's T-R-B-L-L-E dot com slash codestory. Okay, so then from that point, you've got your MVP, it's working. How did you progress the product from there and mature it? And I think to wrap that in a box a little bit, what I'm looking for is... How did you build your roadmap? How did you go about deciding, okay, now this is the next most important thing to build or to address with columns? I have a lot more and more confidence in building roadmap right now compared to, let's say, six months ago. Uh, the reason I say that at the beginning is really kind of like a blinding, you know, you don't really know like what is more, what is more important than the other thing. If you look at it like a one year ago, like what the product looks like is actually very different than what we see today. I mentioned this is because I think we are taking quite a bit, quite a long time, probably about six months. We're trying to figure out what kind of things we, we, we want to leave. We want to like keep in the product and what kind of things we need to really remove. So the first workflow we built is about data connection, uh, story generation, story design, and then publish. So this workflow. So how do we how do we identify the issues? It's basically the MVP is out. We invite some people to test it out. Customers they give you feedback. They send you message, email, or just chatting with you. Hey, I like the concept, but you know what? I I really don't know how to you know to finish the whole journey, the whole process. You define the process, but it's too complicated for me. They just like say, hey, I think the product is doing ABC or XYZ. It's probably just like it comes to one or two points, you know. When we design the workflow, I think there's too many elements in that. So this is what I'm saying. We actually caught in a lot of things as we are building our roadmap. This is a journey, I think, of interactions with users, interaction with customers, and really, really understand what is important and what is not important. Even though that's a lot of things, I mean, we, we at the beginning, I think it's very important, but actually it turns out it may not be that important. Maybe it's just at early stage, you know? Roadmap is mostly, actually mostly public today. I mean, we, we, we actively ask users to submit requests and uh, we comment and talking, discussion, those kind of requests and how, how can they align with our long-term vision? Like we want to be, eventually want to be a super convenient tool for data storytelling. Like we call it, hey, you're co-pilot for data storytelling. But what, what, but what it really means is down to a lot of specific features that is related to user. So I, I would say we take like two factors in roadmap building. First, taking all the feedback, compile them together, and really, and the next step is trying to align them with what our long-term vision is, and then refine that, leaving and make the plan out of it as our next step for the development. 
Okay, this one this one will be interesting, Sean, because I believe your team is two people right now. Is that correct? You're correct. Yes. Uh-huh. It's very, very small, yeah. Very, very small team, which is awesome and, and super nimble. But I'm curious about how you'll go about building that team or, or expanding that team or even how you, you, know, you chose your current team member. What do you look for in people to indicate that they are the winning horses to join you? To build a successful product, you need uh, at least two things. One thing is big market. The second thing is have a solid team to, to do that, to execute on that. So when I think about a team, of course, a lot of times we are constrained by the resource, by the timing. By we need to materialize, you know, a lot of a uh, lot of things, get get them to be verified before we expand in, you know, the team even. Talking about team, I think most important thing is, is is we know the person, especially in the you know early stage. I think we know the person and we have very trusted relationship. You have way less communication cost. A lot of times you line together on the plan. And also, second thing I think is find the person who is good at different things, you know, than you. For example, I really enjoy my conversation with my teammate. Most of the time, it's thinking about a user's perspective and from product perspective or business product perspective, rather than technical perspective. These two kind of like thinking way actually makes things really, really good is, uh, is, is we, we, we always find, uh, oh, this is some areas I didn't think of and this, uh, you know, how to improve a feature or how to cut a feature and how to uh, remove something from the product. Those type of things are actually, it's just a completely different angle. And, and it's very, very clear that, I mean, for one person, for example, like yourself, it's very difficult to find a different angle sometimes, yeah. This episode is supported by Terso. Terso is the open source edge database from the creators of LibSQL, the popular fork of SQLite. If you put your edge computing close to your users, like with Netlify or Vercel edge functions or Cloudflare workers, you should put your data there too, in order to maximize performance gains at the edge. Terso makes it easy. With a developer experience of SQLite in a distributed database, you can replicate much closer to your users than traditional database offerings in the cloud. Terso's lightweight, easy to use, and free to get started. The team at Terso is offering a generous starter plan specifically for Code Story listeners. Head over to terso.tech codestory and get started today. That's T-U-R-S-O dot tech slash codestory. Terso. Welcome to the Data Edge. This episode was automatically optimized by Cast. If you run cloud-native software on AWS, Google Cloud, or Azure, you know how out of hand the bill can get. This uncertainty hurts your business, but you can solve it with Cast AI. Cast AI automates cloud costs, performance, and security management for hundreds of companies of all sizes. The platform's customers begin saving immediately and cut an average of over 60%. So before you go and sign a multi-year contract with a cloud provider or lay people off, check out what Cast AI can do for you. To get you saving even faster, Cast AI is offering a free cloud cost audit with a personal consultation. Visit cast.ai slash codestory to get started. Let's flip to scalability. This would be interesting given all of your experience in the past and how you approached this problem from day one. But did you build this to scale efficiently from the very beginning or are you finding this as you grow in any sort of capacity? <laughs> I think this one is really related to 
the founder's mindset. Like you said, if you look at my background, it's a lot of infrastructure work. And one of the most important thing for the infrastructure is the scale efficiency, right? <laughs> so I have done a lot of lot of like、uh, you know scalability and efficiency work in my past. When I started Collins, I started to use the you know the open source project I mentioned, Nebular. It's it's already scale. It's already scalable. You know, when I、uh, start to architect the whole thing for Collins itself, I also put that in mind. I say, hey, what about more than what we handles right now? For example, like say, hey, we are prepared these features for three users, ten users. What about a hundred users? How can we refactor the code structures better to handle more volume? Um, these kind of questions like hit again and again. I don't think I mean we want to spend too much time to just like a scale for non-traffic. It's very very challenging to you know find the to having this kind of mindset, but at the same time we also want to be find the balance point. Do we really need want to implement the scalability, or we just want to design this interface better so in the future we can extend it? I I would rather I would say like most of the time it's the second point is basically say hey we have scalability and efficiency in mind, but doesn't really mean we go to like you know implement everything and handle all the scenarios. Okay, so as you step out on the balcony, you look across all that you've built with columns. What are you most proud of? One thing I feel very proud of is we didn't leave the you know the early regions we set and the motivations, the missions we set up when we started product. It's basically how to help massive users, non-technical people, max out of that data, as we believe more and more people and more and more business we are going to have a lot of data to consume to help them to make decisions for business decisions for their business. So. This kind of like vision and and missions, I mean, since day one we set it up, we 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 still today we still firmly believe that. I think this is something I feel very proud of. It's no matter today we are talking about a lot of AI technology, like say how to using the AI to enhance insights discovery from your data, and also to help you automatically do design. Because a lot of people they you know they don't want to you know learn the settings, how to make it beautiful. How can we automatically like figure out the settings, figure out the you know the config. Configurations, color scene palettes, generate a summary of your data for your data visualizations. How can we combine multiple things together into a presentation? Even though today we are talking about a lot of lot lot of new things,、uh, but the main theme, the main thread, I mean, we are, we we still stick to is basically how can we help people to do the better data storytelling. I think that's a, that's a something I, I feel really proud of. Yeah. Let's flip the script a little bit. Tell me about a mistake you made and how you and your team responded to it. There's a lot of mistakes we made. One is about the product build. One year ago, when we started building columns, we didn't have clear thought. I'll say clear mind about what is the most most important features we want to leave on the product. So we end up with building a few different things. One thing is we expanding a lot of connections. We support, you know, DataBricks, Snowflake, and and some other database. And also we、uh, working on the feature about uh, uh, note taking, like you know, like no- notebook experience, compile multiple, you know, the data stories in 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 one note, something like that. We also build something we, which we think at moment we think it's useful. For example, like you know, Slack integration. Uh, to help people to you know easily to share data story in the Slack channel with their colleagues and also 
uh, access or build data stories just right from Slack itself. Those type of things, we spend a lot of effort and the result actually is not good. The mistake is basically saying, hey, we, we, we're trying to give a lot of access point for people. But essentially, when people come to the data storytelling, the core part, right? How can we design a beautiful data story from the data uh, with a little effort? Just these simple core questions. We, we didn't focus enough. The result is people find it interesting to have, you know, so many different ways to access your product, but eventually when they really want to do deliver something, they're not satisfied. At this moment, we have to make sure the new users who are not familiar with your concept, who are familiar with your product, they come here, they just take 10 seconds, they understand what to do, and they can get some value out of it. I think that's something now we're really, really obsessed with. Let's switch gears a little bit. This will be fun. What's the future look like for Columns, the product, and for your eventual expansion in the team? We have finished the original vision about what the product end-to-end workflow look look like. But we know this is not enough. So actually, recently, I I started to write in document and thinking about Columns 2.0. I don't know if you ever saw the demos from uh, Microsoft Excel. Recently, you know, they released some feature, they call it Copilot, and they basically just, you know, implement this concept in almost all their products. So, so the concept about Copilot is basically how to make the assistant more accessible and more helpful, powered by AI technology. All of us, I mean, believe that, I mean, uh, AI is actually comes to a mature point where it can be really, really integrated with a lot of applications and make it make it a true impact of the user experience. So the demo from Microsoft for the Excel is basically you can have a conversation uh, at the sidebar in the Excel and you can keep asking, hey, uh, what kind of insights I can, you know, analyze from this data and can you put a chart somewhere? But my thinking, it's starting from there, it's, it's thinking about, hey, why we build columns? It's, we want to make sharing presentations much, much easier than Excel. Because Excel, you know, it's so hard to manage, like mingle graphs together with, you know, the, the raw data itself. It's so hard to, to, to share them. Columns 2.0 should be something called, like I mentioned this like earlier, actually. Be truly your co-pilot for data storytelling. It, it's like democratize experiences we borrowed from Excel Copilot, but working for any data. Uh, as long as uh, something we can connect, we should be able to let users to enjoy this Copilot experiences. Hey, what are the insights living in my data? John, let's switch to you. Who influences the way that you work? Name a person or many persons or something you look up to and why. I usually don't take uh, any, you know, individual person as, uh, you know, as a coffee or example. Well, I mean, that's lots of, lots of thought leaders, like I say, you know, inspired me. I usually, you know, I usually uh, look at the product. Usually, you know, a great product actually has reflect the traits of the people behind it. I don't think I can give you a name, you know, to who the most, I mean, there's, there's so many great people, you know, to building the great products. For example, like something just like try just right now hit me. I mean, I read a story about the, the, the email product, the superhuman email product. I mean, 
the founder mentioned that they build the infrastructure first and then the scale to find the product market fit. I mean, that's completely very, very interesting mindset, you know. It doesn't mean it's right or wrong. I mean, every every people, every product has a different path to to go to its go, go you know to get its uh, final destiny. But it, I mentioned this is just because I think it's a different. It's just because it's different than people. You know, a lot of thought leaders they taking different uh, different approach. They thinking differently, and that 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 is the most interesting thing that inspired me, and also it always make me reflect reflect myself. Okay, Sean, last question. So you're getting on a plane and you're sitting next to a young entrepreneur who's built the next big thing. They're jazzed about it. They can't wait to show it off to the world. They can't wait to show it off to you right there on the plane. What advice do you give that person having gone down this road a bit? I would say, hey, young friend, focus on the value you think you can bring to the world. The value is not defined by the world, but it truly is defined by you. Of course, I want the value you defined actually is positive, I mean. For the society, but you know the people doing entrepreneurship, doing startup, not everybody is seeking the same goal. It's like say, hey, build a giant company or build a, you know a 10 billion users kind of product. Focus on instant value you define. For example, like say, hey, I think I build this product can help some specific group of people, help make them life easier, or I want to. Build this because I think I just love it. I mean, these are all like valid values. I mean, you define, but you got to enjoy the process. Like you got to recognize the value you eventually deliver. If you believe that, then do it. That's fantastic advice. Well, Sean, thank you for being on the show today, and and thank you for telling the creation story of Columns. Thank you so much, Noah. I'm, I really enjoyed the conversation with you. And this concludes another chapter of Code Story. Code Story is hosted and produced by Noah Laphart. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcasting app of your choice. And when you get a chance, leave us a review. Both things help us out tremendously. And thanks again for listening. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over three hundred thousand travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and twenty four seven customer support for worry free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator ten for ten percent off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.